Hello and welcome to the Access of Space Defense and Security podcast. I'm Omkar Nikam, your host for this episode. In this podcast, we explore the latest developments and trends in the fields of space exploration, defense technology, and national security. Each episode features insightful interviews with experts and industry leaders who share their perspectives on a wide range of topics, including the latest advances in satellite technology, space exploration missions, military defense strategies, cybersecurity, and more. Whether you are a space enthusiast, a military professional, or someone interested in the latest innovation in technology and security, this podcast has something for you. Join us as we delve into the cutting-edge research breakthroughs that are shaping the future of space defense and security. Stay tuned. Episode 52 is a follow-up of episode 51. So I kindly request you to first listen to episode 51. to connect with our discussion episode 52 thank you and enjoy this episode yeah you mentioned uh, geology so i'm just you know curious little bit out of the topic so i also pursued geology in my bachelor's uh, and my specialization in in the geology subject was satellite remote sensing so yeah glad to meet uh, an individual who also <laughs> you know had interest previously in geology uh, but nevertheless uh, i think uh, you know whatever complications or obstacles you might have faced uh somewhere i believe uh, your work has inspired uh, a lot of people uh, and you know see like i'm sitting uh, miles and miles away and i got to know about you because i read about your work you know so that already uh, tells you know that uh, you you have how the way reached where you want to be <laughs> uh, the rest of the path i think definitely <laughs> you will scale up and inspire a lot of youngsters for sure in pakistan and around the world as well so yeah proceeding ahead uh, this question is something you know very uh, i would say uh, not so critical and complex but i would say it is the need of the hour uh, we shouldn't be treating this uh, the current question that i'm going to ask you as a very nominal thing because uh, i think europe is the only currently a continent or a region where the space industry's workforce more than 50% is the women participation so uh, but i i believe in the rest of the other countries uh, that's not the case at the moment i'm not saying that you know of course it should be forced and the participation would should increase uh, but you know it it happens naturally it should happen naturally the way i think it has happened in the european space since in the european uh, ecosystem at the moment so could you discuss uh, any ongoing efforts to promote uh, women's participation and leadership in pakistan's space program unfortunately um i don't think there is any such thing that you know would encourage women to um to participate more and to express themselves more within the space industry but the existing programs and uh, as i mentioned uh, the private uh, societies and clubs uh, across the country uh, they encourage all the women um to participate equally uh all the most of them are male dominant but whenever i have seen you know a new female coming in everyone have been very respective and uh uh very supportive and uh, respectful towards uh you know uh, uh, towards the participant and uh, they have actually encouraged uh each and every one of us uh, i have many friends who are interested in space exploration and they joined after me and uh 
um and and i have i have actually only seen like getting uh support uh from these groups and uh, same goes for universities i remember when i joined my university i uh, in 2019 i actually uh, formed my own astrobiology club at my university and started arranging different webinars and courses for uh, the people who were interested in space education. So I remember my university chairman, he called me and he arranged a meeting with me and he appreciated me so much that, you know, the work that you're doing is absolutely amazing. And uh, we need to highlight that and we need to bring more change. And he said to me that, you you know, we will do all the things that you want to, um, but, we, but we want yeah. you to have a formal education in space. Uh, so... Uh, okay. I told them that I'm actually planning to get a master's degree uh, uh, and I'm going to do that next year. I've actually secured funding for that. So I'm going to study um, astrobiology and uh, uh, and uh, the institute has actually promised me that they will build a observatory at the university. The university where I've gotten my bachelor's degree from, they are very supportive of what I've done. And I think all the other people have experienced the same thing. Um, and uh, no discrimination um, uh, from yeah. the male dominant uh, groups. Um, and yes. uh, I, I have only seen like pure respect and uh, support from them. Interesting. Yeah, that one point you mentioned that, you know, formal education requirement, I think it's, uh, it's even the same. I, I faced in India the same thing as well. Um, you know, because uh, geology is a subject, you know, if you go to the layman and ask them geology, the, the only thing they can they can tell is mining and oil and gas. Yes. Uh, but <laughs> they don't really know the subject's application really go beyond the earth sciences. Yes. So, and I think, you know, this is somewhere, I think, uh, this is the point where, I mean, the whole South Asia's uh, education system need to little bit evolve and become much more flexible than what it has been traditionally, you know, in that one ecosystem. I think the change will come uh, as, as you know, things proceed, as, you know, the talent pool develops, they, uh, the new faces come in the industry, the new technologies take over. I, I hope so the things, you know, uh, proceed ahead and uh, change because I believe uh, this creates a blockade for a lot of potential candidates. You know, uh, I mean, like, you know, uh, if I would have had a, that kind of platform, I would have never left my country. I would have yes, uh, possibly, true. you know, uh, stayed yes. there. But unfortunately, there was nothing back then uh, yes. in India as well. Like India was far behind in space. I mean, right now there are some developments going on. Uh, but uh, at that time, back in 2015, back in 2013 and all, there was there was nothing. It's, it was only just ISRO that was operating the things. Yes. Yes, so, I can yeah. actually totally relate to that. Uh, yeah. When I was actually uh, planning to start my bachelor's degree and I really wanted to study geology, I went to a few departments that they were offering a degree in geology. And I remember going to an institute and asking them for to give me the admission form. And they said to me that we don't give admission to women candidates because oh it involves God. a lot of field work and yeah. it requires you to travel a lot and you won't probably get the permission for that. So we are not going to give you the admission form. Okay. And I was so disappointed. And I, I think that has changed now. And uh, I'm, I'm not sure if it was yeah. strictly, you know, 
uh, was a policy by the department. I think it was just the people and the mindset that people usually have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I have never met a woman here who have done, you know, any thing in geology major. So um, to have the pressure to have the former education, formal education is just too intense. And it is actually one of the main reasons that I'm going for the master's next year. Otherwise, I don't really feel the need to go anywhere and keep doing the work that I'm doing because I really want to uh, stick to space education yes. and uh, work on much bigger projects. But unfortunately, uh, if I want to work here, I need to follow some certain rules yes yes definitely yeah you're right and i agree with you about this uh so yeah a little bit you know taking a step ahead uh, from your perspective uh what are the potential economic security and scientific benefits of space technology developments for pakistan uh, i mean we briefly spoke about how space technology helps urban development infrastructure management uh, for the national economy as well uh, but specifically when it comes to Pakistan, uh, because, you know, as I have a lot of friends in the space industry from Pakistan, they told me like, you know, they, there, there are metro infrastructures as well. Uh, yes. So does the country uses satellite technology or the space uh, technology in general uh, for such infrastructures, uh, both from economic security and the scientific point of view? For, for the scientific point of view, I think there are many students, especially who are studying at the uh, uh, Space University in Islamabad, uh, they do get to uh, get to have the data from the satellites and write papers on that. But other than that, I, I'm not really familiar with any effort that is being done in order to bring that change. Uh, but if we really talk about, uh, you know, if we have proper infrastructure and enough funding um, and, and a policy and a space policy within the country, I think it will help us greatly to to change that uh, in that in the future, in the near future. And uh, as I said before, that uh, uh, there are actually two limiting factors. One is funding and the other one is that we ha do have people who are actually have professional degrees and they are doing research work uh, within the space industry, but um, uh, but they are sadly they are living abroad because of the limiting uh, limited opportunities here. So we need to bring such infrastructure, uh, build such an infrastructure that help us to, uh, you know, bring them back and also uh, bring more awareness among the people uh, to do better uh, and to create more awareness. Yes. I believe uh, this is a very, uh, I would say, a big gap uh, in several countries, uh, even even several developed countries as well, you know. Uh, but I would like to just give an example uh, to our audience. So a country like Estonia, whose population is, you know, less than 10 million, actually. And it's in the Baltic side of the Europe. That country, it's it's hundred percent digital country. Like in Asia, we have Singapore, which is hundred percent digital country. Similarly, in Europe, we have Estonia. So Estonia doesn't have its own satellite, but it uses satellite application even for its local trams. And a lot of countries have been, you know, trying to replicate that kind of model. Even the countries who have their own satellite. <laughs> Uh, but it seems, you know, it's not very easy to manage uh, for countries uh, which have like huge population and all. 
uh but i believe uh, hopefully in the coming years we might see such uh, developments where uh, satellite uh, applications and in general any kind of you know space technology will be beneficial for the consumers uh, for the people even when we are tra- traveling you know through a public transport so that i think if this kind of developments prevail then definitely there will be much more investment in the space exploration as well going uh, ahead Uh, so yeah this uh, i just wanted to make a, a note about this point uh, and yeah uh, so for, uh, from your perspective rabia what are the challenges and obstacles that pakistan face in pursuits of space education and technology development you know we have spoken about the opportunities and the existing ecosystem that is there uh, but yeah can you just briefly mention to us about the challenges and how uh, you know experts like you in the science communication domain or any other space vertical are trying to possibly you know look towards these challenges and try to you know resolve them um if you ask me in my opinion i think there are two major uh hurdles that we face uh one is uh we don't have enough funding uh because we want to do research and if we want to like launch different space programs and uh space missions we need funding for that and unfortunately we don't have that and uh, and and i and the second thing is the public interest uh, although people are actually trying to change that but if we talk about like how general public is well familiar with the even with the existing uh, space program that we have at the moment uh, people have absolutely no idea about that and uh, and to change that uh as i mentioned before that there are some so many individuals and organizations societies and clubs that that are actively trying to change that um and uh, and and to make the change um and i have these these discussions with all the people who want to bring the change and they are actively bringing that change every day uh by doing their part uh by working on different space related projects by uh you know doing collaboration with international universities and institute um and uh, uh by uh, if you ask me like 5 years ago that how many universities are you know actively talking about space related programs or space related uh topics i i would have said no 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 university at all but now i can actually think of so many universities that have uh societies and uh, clubs and uh, people there especially students they are making an effort an active change uh to shift the interest as well so i think we are on the right path if we will keep doing what we are doing at the moment all of us collectively or individually uh we will eventually get there and we will be able to uh overcome these uh hurdles and i know so many people personally who have always wanted to build their own institute space related institute where people can come and do research uh we don't have the equipment for the research we don't have the enough funding for the research we don't have the experts um uh, for uh, people uh, you know and for i will give you my own example i'm interested in origin of life and um and and i want to do research on that and for that i really want to understand the geological processes and how you know life became possible on earth but uh i haven't met anyone here in pakistan who could actually help me to understand that better so that really help us to understand that where do we stand when it comes to uh you know really these peak de- developments that we need to see and uh, if you ask me like what kind of changes i'm bringing uh, to the table in order to 
really make the change. Um, so uh, I try to engage with experts who are doing the research and I would interview them and I would write about it and I would share it with the, uh, when I was in university, I used to share it with the students there that, okay, this is how you do the science communication part uh, or to understand a topic. And these are the different equipment that we can potentially use and have it at our own institute if you are interested in the research. So I, I think we are on the right path, all of us, all the people who are making little to big effort uh, in order to bring that change. Uh, and if we talk about hurdles, there are so many of them I've only mentioned two, uh, uh, but these things do exist. And if we overcome them, I think we will be able to get to that point where uh, Pakistan will have an, a very active uh, space program and uh, uh, a very active space community as well. Yes, definitely. Uh, as always, you know, I believe challenges and obstacles are always the first step to innovation uh, because yes. uh, this, this, this such challenges, obstacles, you know, always try to uh, bring the communities together, uh, bring the talent together and help uh, innovate things. Uh, so, you know, one cannot exist uh, without other. It's like that. So I think if there are challenges, then it means, you know, there is a progress happening. So I, I hope, uh, you know, there is a very well progress that happens in the country and, I, and uh, with the kind of collaborations that you have mentioned that Pakistan is currently going through, uh, I believe we should see some more developments in the upstream space market uh, in the country uh, that is on the satellite and the space exploration domain. So, yeah, I think uh, we are reaching the end of the podcast now. Uh, but yeah, the, this last question that I'm going to ask you, Rabia, uh, it's not related to our topic. Uh but as I mentioned previously, there are a lot of uh, students, researchers, and even, you know, people who are pursuing uh, postdocs or even PhDs at the moment uh, also listen to this podcast. So this question is specifically dedicated to them. Uh, and, you know, primarily, I would say you can answer this question, especially from the perspective uh, of someone who is from the Asia, uh, because I believe... Uh, the amount of struggle that a lot of Asian students have to go through uh, due to the lack of availability of uh, uh, the infrastructure, the education institutes, and uh, several of, you know, I would say mentoring capabilities, it's, it's, uh, that, that gap is very much larger as compared to the US, Europe, and Australia. So uh, you can uh, answer this question in that manner with, uh, specifically. So what message would you like to share with student researchers and other stakeholders who are willing to participate and contribute in the space technology research studies? Uh, thank you for asking that question because I think it is actually one of the most favorite question uh, for me because um, I really believe that how I approach uh, approached my journey and how I took little steps uh, towards uh, you know, towards my dream and what I wanted to do. I'm nowhere near it, but I'm actually satisfied that I'm on the right path. So for me, it started in uh, 2012, I guess. I was about to give my first presentation on astrobiology. And I uh, I was, at, I think, in, in my college at that time. And uh, I actually reached out to a SETI scientist uh, to ask a question about uh, astrobiology. So I learned around that time that networking is actually very, very important. So you don't don't need to limit yourself. You don't need to feel sorry for yourself that, okay, my country 
doesn't have this or uh, we don't have this opportunity. You need to create opportunities for self, for yourself. And that person was actually working on Cassini spacecraft at that time. And he used to write and answer all my questions during his commute time. And he connected with me with so many astrobiologists across the world that I'm very good friends with them. And one of them came to Pakistan in 2017 and I met him. Um, so my point is to, if you are interested in any research topic, if you're interested in anything, uh, you know, if you want to uh, do a project, just reach out to people who you think might be able to help you. It doesn't matter if they live across the world, uh, they will offer you help. There hasn't been even a single time that I sent an email and I didn't get the response or, um, you know, I was turned down that, okay, we, we are not, we, we are unable to help you. So I, I learned this at, uh, I think, very young age. And uh, I'm very proud to say that, that I have built my own international network uh, and very supportive people uh, who help me whenever I need their help. I'm actually, I, I as I mentioned, I don't have any formal education and no background in space education at all. Uh, but at the moment, I'm actually working with three different research institute and uh, research scientists on different projects. One is related to seismology, one is related to astrobiology, and one is related to space psychology. So the thing is that you need to reach out to people and tell them that, okay, this is something that I'm interested in and I don't have this uh, opportunity in my own country and I really want to learn about it. There are some people who are teaching me stuff so I can learn and when, whenever I go out where I can find the equipment and stuff and do the research by myself, I, I can do that, you know, in the respective country and come back and, you know, teach people uh, the same thing there. So I'm very... Um, I'm very, very uh, proud of this strategy that I, uh, you know, came up for myself. And I think it's very important uh, for, for the youngsters to always remember that uh, space sector is actually very supportive uh, and it's actually full of very nice people as well. I think it's actually one of the best community out there uh, to get help or to, uh, to and to get, in, get inspired as well. Interesting. Yeah, thank you very much uh, for the insights uh, and the final message as well, Rabia. And we were really glad to have you on the on this episode. Uh, I hope the students, the researchers, and the industry experts uh, who are the prime audience, I would say, of my podcast, uh, take away a lot of key insights from this conversation. Uh, and I hope uh, as the uh, developments uh, proceed and as we see more and more uh, thrust coming from Pakistan in terms of space developments. Uh, we would love to record one more episode or, you know, a series of episodes with you in the future, for sure. And I hope that moment comes in uh, because uh, that is a signal that, you know, there are good developments that are happening in the country. So, yeah, thank you very much again, Rabia, for your time. Thank you so much, Ankar. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you find our podcast insightful, then please like, share and subscribe. See you in the next episode. Thank you.